Podcast. Get ready. It's gonna be a crazy episode. Fabricating no falsehoods, stories told, can't trust me. In average life, nobody has lost track of reality. If you saw this happen, you wouldn't believe your eyes. This crazy perky straight teller downright lies. Greetings, and uh, welcome to the eighth episode of the first season of the Downright Lies podcast. I am your host, the uh, Big Dirty Monster. Uh, I am not only the biggest, but also the dirtiest monster that uh, any of you will ever know. I know that sounds like a uh, negative descriptor, but uh, that's not true. Uh, It just means that I'm very hardworking and I sweat a lot uh, and I get my hands dirty. And as you all know, I work uh, incredibly hard to bring to you unheard of amounts of truth. Um, I I think if it weren't me bringing the truth to you, uh, the amount of truth that I'm sharing would would probably be deadly. Uh, It just takes a really skilled conveyor of truth to bring so much truth to you guys, the uh, downright lies truthers. Uh, in one sitting without it being dangerous. Um, you know, and, and that's certainly nothing we want. I, I do not want people hearing truth and then just dropping dead. That would be awful. Uh, frankly, it would impede uh, our growing numbers <laughs> as far as listenership. And so, no, we need we need everyone we can get. Uh, we're, we're starting a, a truth movement here. Um, yeah, so uh, we've got a, another voicemail this week um my team didn't tell me who it was from so um i'm just gonna go ahead and play it though i'm sure they i'm sure they wouldn't give me anything ridiculous hey um first off you're the party monster so like i don't know who like this big dirty monster guy is but yeah party monster first off and listen man like i've literally heard the story of how you've met your wife. And this latest episode was the furthest from the truth on how you met her. Honestly, I don't even know. I'm not even sure why she, why would why would she stay with you with all of your constant lying? Like get a grip, dude. And you know what? I don't know. Maybe do something radical and actually tell the truth on your next episode like that actually be cool so yeah man thanks appreciate it <sighs> Mother- okay i don't know who this scumbag is um but yes number one party monster is another name that i go by uh that doesn't mean the big dirty monster is wrong it's just another name <sighs> uh also I don't know where you get off telling me how I met my wife. I don't even know who you are, scumbag. And if you want to question how much truth I'm sharing, why don't you come down here to the Big Dirty Manor and you can catch these hands. You get what I'm saying? I hope you do. All right. Uh... With that all taken care of, let's go ahead and uh, move into this week's story. St. Louis, 2017. June 16th was a warm day, 
technically still in the late spring. The love of my life bid me farewell as I left for another highly productive and financially rewarding day with my house painting company. My fecundity was way off the charts and had once again culminated in my wife growing great with child. She pressed her swelling stomach against my perfectly sculpted nine-pack and I leaned down to kiss her. As I pulled back to leave, her eyes pled with me to stay and perhaps see how much more pregnant she could become. I brushed my hand lovingly against her cheek and said, My darling, I wish I could, but I must go and provide for the innumerable children our love has produced. Do good today and daydream of me, for know that as my hands labor for our family, my mind will do nothing but deliberate on which of your countless perfect features is the best. Farewell, my love. We parted ways, me to my toil and her to her own. By mid-morning, I was well into the work of transforming a bedroom of a client when I received an unexpected call from my love. Her pained voice told me that something was off. My mother had come over to watch the children while Allie went to her obstetrics and gynecological appointment. Upon arrival, my mother determined that my bride was well into active labor and opted to drive her to the hospital. My job site was well beyond our hospital. I told my wife that I would meet her there, trusting that my mother would safely convey her and the children to the hospital. I shouted to my client that I would have to put this project on hold. I hurriedly pushed the furniture back against the wall, tossed my paintbrush into a plastic bag, and burst out of the front door. Good luck, my client called as I jumped and slid over the hood of my truck. I opened the door and hopped into the driver's seat. I started the engine and then slammed into reverse. I shot out of the driveway and then put the truck in park. I looked around cautiously. I saw no one around, so I pulled down the sun visor, revealing a large assortment of buttons. I picked up my flight helmet from the passenger seat and put it on. Once again, I checked my surroundings and then pressed the orange button. The camper shell on the back of my truck lifted up and fell off over the side. The rocket engine I had rigged onto the truck bed lifted on its support arms and kicked on. A jet of blue flame shot out the back of the rocket, and I was off. As the truck's speed went well over 300 miles per hour, Earth's gravitational pull became more and more tenuous. As I crested a hill in the residential neighborhood, the truck finally leapt up into the sky, rocketing over house after house. I casually looked out the window to see if anyone had spotted my exit from the subdivision. There, at the corner, standing outside of his patrol car, was an officer of the law, drinking his coffee. As I careened past him, he spilled his coffee down his chest, awe apparent on his face. I knew I should have worked up some type of cloaking device, I muttered to myself. If he's any good at his job, he's going to radio in a UFO ASAP. Criminy! With nothing else to do, I pressed the throttle forward, engaging the rocket to its highest standard speed. The blue flame leapt frantically and changed to an orangish yellow. I was pressed back into my seat. I reached up and pressed the blue button, pumping a higher level of oxygen into my flight helmet. That's better, I sighed as I piloted my truck towards the hospital. I was seconds from arriving when over my radio I heard static crackling followed by an order. You are flying over a residential area with no permits from the FAA. Follow us back to Scott Air Force Base or we will destroy you. I looked in my rearview mirror and saw two F-16s following behind me. 
Six and two is eight, I lamented. I really don't have time for this. I turned hard to the right and radioed back to my pursuers. Gentlemen, I would love to acquiesce, but I am expected somewhere shortly. Can we deal with this another time? The two aircraft shot past where I had been and turned in tandem to follow me. Negative. We repeat. Follow us to our base, or we will destroy you with extreme prejudice. I began mumbling a tirade of meaningless sounds that were modeled on the aggressive sounds of curse words. It was reminiscent of the staccato oaths the burglar Harry would utter as he worked to outsmart the young hero Kevin. As a gentleman, I would never resort to using profane or obscene language. Never. So when situations became foobar, I allow myself the use of aggressive sounds rather than aggressive words. Very sophisticated. I know. My apologies, gentlemen, I radioed as I engaged my anti-pursuit measure. A thick cloud of sticky, oil-like substance shot out from the back of my truck and covered their cockpit's windows. Don't worry, though. The substance is totally biodegradable and actually acts as a composting agent for the soil. I dove down through the clouds and righted my course, making sure I was heading towards the hospital. Right as I let loose a sigh of relief, my onboard computer began beeping furiously. The F-16s had locked onto my position without them being able to see me. Darn computers! I shouted as the two pilots each fired a rocket at me. Fortunately, I had spent the last several months tinkering in our driveway and adding not only the rocket, but also the military-grade armor to the outside of my truck. Thinking quickly, I set the truck to auto park in the nearest open parking spot at the hospital, and I kicked open my door. I leapt from the truck and placed my arms firmly at my sides, keeping my legs as straight as possible. I carefully aimed myself towards where my heart knew my deepest love was laboring. As we all know, when you are in the truest, deepest love, you always just know where your beloved is located. As the rocket slammed into my heavily armored truck, I was shooting through the sky like a human rocket, growing closer and closer to Allie and our new child about to be born. I turned my head and watched as my truck, smoking and wheezing, but still intact, landed and parked itself. I hope they have a lot of tedious paperwork to fill out because of this, I muttered to myself. I watched the window grow larger and larger as I shot towards the hospital. There was my wife, feet up, pushing, my mother comforting her. And there was my new child, crowning! I crashed through the window just in time. I did a series of somersaults and was able to catch the child just as it was expelled from my love's birth canal. The doctor and nurses erupted in applause. My wife looked lovingly at me as I brought the child to her. I laid the child on her breast took off my flight helmet, and kissed her deeply. After our passionate kiss ended, my wife said, Are you okay? Of course, beautiful. I'm here with you. A chorus of awes emanated from the nurses as they went about their work. If I remember correctly, the child was another son, perhaps the seventh or eighth, but the details escape me now. We had a wonderful time bonding with our new child in the hospital, and the hospital staff was so impressed with my entrance that they did not even charge us for the broken window. And that's why they call me the father who came from the clouds. Man, I am really feeling nostalgic for that uh, that rocket truck. Uh, it's been a few years, and I've really... I haven't been messing too much with... Um, 
putting rockets on my vehicles anymore. So, man, I just I just miss the exhilaration of uh, those kinds of speeds. Man, uh, I'll have to get back into that soon. There's just nothing like streaking through the sky at 1,500 miles per hour. Man, the, the hair on my arms is standing up. Whew. All right, anyway, thanks to Matt Jamison for uh, creating the music for this podcast. You can find him on Instagram at mjamison 23 I also want to say thanks to uh, William Bubenick for all of the artwork for this podcast. You can find him on Instagram at West Park Creative STL. If you are looking to follow me, uh, I am Big Dirty Monster on Instagram, uh, obviously. Uh, If you're following Big Dirty Monster on Twitter, that is not me. Uh, I don't know who that imposter is. Um, Yeah. So don't follow Big Dirty Monster on Twitter. Uh, Anyway, if you'd like to send me an email, you can send one to downrightliespod at gmail.com. And of course, you can always call in and um, we always pick one from thousands of voicemails we get each week uh, to add to the uh, podcast. But uh, yeah, go feel free to send those in as well. Uh, And I want you to remember that I always tell the truth.